All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 5 this morning, Mark chapter 5. Appreciate those testimonies. I gave them about two seconds notice. You did a good job. They said, thanks for the notice. I said, I don't give notices around here. We just give summons. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray for uh, <clears throat> Chase. He uh, needs to find him a job. <clears throat> It'll be the Chick-fil-A, Cracker Barrel, or um, some other possibility. So, amen. If he works for his Uncle Stephen, he don't want to do that because he, he'll kill you. But uh, it, uh, he needs to get a job, needs to get a place. I think he's got a place to live. He's going to live with Gregory, uh, a big tall fellow also from Vision, and we thank God for it. Appreciate my other daughter being with, with me, uh, Stephanie. And uh, if you want to be inspired, just look at Miss Connie. She won't stop smiling this morning. <coughs> She's just smiling the whole time, amen. She's smiling, keeping the nursery. That's amazing. Nobody smiles keeping the nursery. Good night. But anyway, uh, uh, appreciate them. They, they, wherever Amy is, she will be the next two weeks. Amen. They're close sisters. I thank God for it. And I appreciate uh, uh, both my daughters and both my sons. They're all in the ministry. And three of them in one church. Amen. I praise God, two of them and one of them out of it. Also want you to pray for Brother Gary Lefford. He, he texted me this morning early and said, I'm preaching this morning. First time in five weeks. I'm very weak. I need God's strength. I need God's power. But I got to preach. And only preachers know how insane preachers are. We'll risk our lives to preach because it's our life. I'd rather preach than eat. Can I really say that? I, I, I like preaching as much as I like eating, amen. Anyway, I like them both, amen. I don't want to lie from the pulpit and quench the spirit. And then also I want you to pray for the security meeting at 5 o'clock. It's about to be a little in-house session in the glory class. I want to show you the uh, video setup we have. And then also we need to set up some warning signals and stuff that uh, needs to be set up tonight and also to explain what you're getting into. Uh, our meeting Tuesday morning has been canceled because the sheriff uh, had to leave town. Amen. He didn't have to leave town. He chose to leave town. Amen. And so uh, we'll reschedule that meeting, but we'll have our in-house meeting at 5 o'clock. I believe that's all the announcements uh, that we got. Appreciate the way the Lord's blessed Miss Debbie this week. She had her gallbladder taken out. She's here this morning. That's amazing. And um, <clears throat> we missed her in the choir, but we're glad God helped her during the surgery Friday. All right, Mark chapter 5, and I want you to look at uh, verse 22, and we're going to finish it tonight, so don't miss tonight. I'm going to preach on how to handle the tragedies of life, how to handle the tragedy of life. If you had a little girl and your little girl died, it'd be a tragedy, and how to handle it. And that's exactly what happens to Jerry as his daughter dies. And Jesus comes on the scene. And so we're going to preach on how to handle the tragedies of life. You say, well, I don't need that. You're the very person that's full of pride and do, does need it. Because I'm going to tell you something. You need God during tragedies. And this world is full of tragedies. And uh, folks, the tragedy of sin, the tragedy of sickness, the tragedy of sorrow, the tragedy of losing a loved one. And so please don't miss tonight's message. I continue on purpose so you'll get out by 1215. If I didn't have series, uh, you would never go home. You would have dinner on the grounds every Sunday because I'm going to finish uh, th this verse-by-verse -verse study because I love it. Amen. When I'm out of town in, I almost said Peru, when I'm in South Africa next month, uh, Jason will just take up where I leave off and preach out of the book of Mark because I want you to have the Word of God more than I want you to have anything. Amen. And that's what our, our, our services and our ser service is based on and our church is based on. Mark chapter 5, let's stand on the Word of God. 
We're going to begin with uh, verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship into the other side, that's that sea which had a very bad storm, much people gathered unto him and he was nigh unto the sea. And then verse 22 says, it's going to ring to it. It says, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. I'll preach that tonight. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him. And a certain young woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. That's bad when you spend all, those, all that money on doctors and grow worse. And when she had heard of, of Jesus, uh, when, she, when she had heard of Jesus, that's key, uh, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Now listen, and for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I may be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing, and the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, I'll, I'll preach the rest of the chapter tonight at 6 o'clock. I hope you'll be here, verse 35, through the end of the chapter. You may be seated as I pray. Father... Thank you for this wonderful reach of faith. God, help us to reach out and not just touch someone, as the commercial used to say, but God, help us to reach out and touch you. God, help us to be in touch with thee. God, may we be whole because of thee. And Lord, may we walk with thee and talk with thee and have a relationship, God, uh, through the times of trials and tribulation. Lord, thank you that sometimes it takes emergencies to get us to realize how much we need you. It takes a, a, a breakup in a marriage. It takes a tragedy in our children's life to help us to realize how much we really need you. And so, Lord, to help us to learn this lesson, God, we don't need to be brush, brushing next to you in the throngs of life. But God, we need to touch you. We need to reach out and let you touch us. And God, I know it's all by faith. So, Lord, increase our faith, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we saw two parables in Mark chapter 3 and 4, and now we have four miracles. And Folks, this is the case of a ruined woman. She had a plague of 12 years. It was uh, an issue of blood, uh, which means that she was hemorrhaging from within, and she was about to die. And, folks, they thought she had a plague in the Bible days. As Leviticus chapter 15 says, nobody could touch her. And she couldn't touch anybody else. And so, folks, here is a, 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 a hopeless situation. Last week we talked about or preached about 
the hopeless situation of a Gadarean maniac streaking through a country graveyard possessed by thousands of demons. That's hopeless. And then the sea and the storm, that's outward storms. But here we have a young lady or a young woman or maybe a middle-aged woman, I'm not sure which, but she has enough sense to get to Jesus. And folks, I want you to see it, and I want you to see it clearly, is that when there's a hopeless predicament, you need the Lord. When you're, when you're sick, you need the Lord. When you have sin in your life, you need the Lord. Now the world will try to get you to uh, be acceptable in your sin, and, and that everything's okay, and it's popular to be cool. And Folks, I want to tell you something. When you've got sin in your life, you're in a hopeless situation, and you need the Lord. In this crowd... Uh, there was a poor, weak, timid, dying woman who reached out and touched Jesus. And she'd have reached out and touched the religious crowd who wouldn't have done her a bit of good. She's already reached out and spent all she could on the medicine and the doctors. That didn't help her. But folks, I want you to see this morning the case of the, of the woman that reached out by faith in a hopeless situation. Notice in verse 25, first of all, her suffering. In verse 25, the Bible says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. First, first of all, she was afflicted. Now, it's, it's, it's bad to be sick, amen? I believe half our church is sick with this sinus stuff. I feel like a janitor in the drum right now. I'm not sure if I'm getting out to you or not, so nod your head or at least stay awake if, if you can hear me. Say amen. Uh, the other day, I, I was a little late for a meeting because we had a, I had a problem with a uh, some gas logs and thought they were going to blow up my house and none of the preachers believed that excuse. And one guy came up to me just sarcastically, but he says, you know, you have to get here early to get a back seat. I said, well, you, I, mind your own business, buddy. I'll sit where I want to. But I want to tell you something, friend. I couldn't get a thing out of that from the back seat. Y'all ought to all move up front. Amen, praise God. But uh, Brother Larry was sitting back there and Brother uh, Terrence was sitting back there and I wanted to sit with some good company. But uh, I want to tell you something, friend. God help us if we don't realize that we need to draw close to God. We need to draw nigh to Him. We need Him more than you think you need Him. Amen? She suffered 12 years. She tried everything. Her anguish is described in the word suffer. Have you ever suffered? Some of you look like you're in it right now. Amen? Suffered. I mean, you've got pain uh, in so many places, you don't know which one hurts worse. Say Amen. And I don't, folks, you suffer because of somebody else's suffering. Maybe they're suffering in sin. Maybe they're out in drugs. Maybe they're out in uh, immorality. Maybe they're out uh, uh, shaming the name of Christ. Maybe they're out of the will of God and don't even want to come to church more. That's suffering. Only a parent knows what it feels like to have a child that's not close to God. It breaks your heart. But she's suffering. Suffering. And, folks, it was medical suffering. I looked this up uh, in the Jewish Talmud, which was uh, uh, the Jewish literature of that day, and it said, if you have an issue of blood, take some gum of Alexandria and almond and Corsus Hortensis, the weight of, a, uh, a weight of five ounces, let them be uh, bruised together, give, uh, given in a wine, or that was grape juice in that day, to the woman that had an issue of blood. Another uh, portion of the Talmud says, Take of Persia onions, nine logs, boil them in wine, and give it to her drink, and say, Arise from the flux. Another uh, part of the Talmud said this, 
set her in a place where two ways meet, and, and, and let her hold a cup of wine in her hand, and let somebody come behind her and afflict her and say, Arise from thy floods. Take, and then here's another one. Take a handful of cumin and a, and a handful of crocus and a handful of, of Phaenon Greek. And let these be boiled and give her to drink and say, Arise from thy floods. I mean, there's some witch doctors back in those days. Amen. Look at this. Here's another one. Dig seven trenches. Burn in them some cutting of vines that's not yet circumcised. That means vines that are less than four years old. And let her take in her hand a cup of wine and let her be led from the trench and set over that and let her be removed from that and set her down another and in each removal say unto her, Arise from the flood. And then one remedy said this. It says, Take an ear of corn taken from the dung of a white donkey. It is hard for us to imagine the kind of indignation and embarrassment that these so-called doctors were putting this lady through for 12 years. See, friend, they thought this was some kind of plague that was very contagious. I'll get to Leviticus 15 in just a minute. In her social anguish, she was a single beggar contaminated with no contact. Uh, her emotional anguish, she was lonely. She could not even touch another person. For 12 years, she had been uh, so lonely and so sick. And folks, in the lifespan of that day, 12 years is a long time time to be sick that's like somebody keeping you in the hospital overnight these days if you get kept in the hospital overnight you are sick because they push you out quickly because of insurance but it was a religious anguish I want you to look at Leviticus chapter 15 I'm trying to get you to see the desperateness of this of this young lady of this lady uh, Leviticus 15 look at verse 19 it says and a woman have an issue and her issue is of her flesh be blood. She shall be put apart seven days, and whatsoever thing she touch her shall be unclean until the evening. Look at verse uh, 25 of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 15. 15, 25. You with me? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And if a woman have an issue of blood many days out of the time of her separation, or she run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanliness, shall be as the days of her separation. She shall be unclean. Look at verse 26. Every bed wherein she lieth all the days of her issue shall be unto her as a bed of separation. And whatsoever she sitteth upon shall be unclean as an uncleanliness of her separation. Verse 27. And whosoever touches those things which shall be unclean shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And folks, I said all that to say this. She was in financial uh, anguish, spent all she had. But she was in religious anguish. They thought she had a plague because of sin. She was in emotional anguish. She was separated and she couldn't touch anybody. Uh, she was in that social anguish. She had anguish in her heart. She was suffering. She had agony. Uh, the woman had spent all that she had. And I think this is a great picture of a lost person. Folks, you can spend all your wills on the things of this world. It'll never satisfy. It'll never meet your needs. And folks, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, that we all inherited a sinful nature from Adam, an Adamic nature. Romans 3.10 says, none is righteous, no, not one. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
Folks, listen, we were born sinful. We were born sinners. And folks, listen, we need to realize that we were contaminated, we were separated, we were in anguish. And folks, until you see sin exceedingly sinful, I doubt you'll get saved. You know, most people, the reason they won't get saved or get right with God is they enjoy their sin too much. Folks, you need to get sick of sin. You need to see that sin is repulsive. Folks, we shouldn't uh, get on and advertise our sin. We shouldn't glamorize our sin. We shouldn't play around in our sin. We ought to realize, folks, that sin is a, not a disease. It is a plague of life that will send you straight to hell. And if you think this woman was in bad shape, she was. But I want to tell you something. A sinner is in just as bad shape. Matter of fact, he, called, he compares a sinner to a leper. Unclean. Have to walk across the street and, and uh, yell it. But I want you to see not only her suffering, but I want you to see her scheme in a good way. Her goals, her plan. Look at verse 27, please. And when she had heard of Jesus, when she, this is key, and she had heard of Jesus. She had heard of Jesus. She came in the press behind and touched his garments. Somewhere, this poor lady heard about Jesus. Maybe she'd heard about the healing of the leper recorded in chapter 1, verse 42-42. Maybe she'd heard about the deliverance on the other side of the sea because good news travels fast of the man that was demon-possessed by a legion of demons. I don't know where she'd heard of Jesus. Maybe somebody else got touched. Maybe somebody else got healed. Folks, that's the power of somebody's testimony. When you get saved, you ought to let the world know it. And your life ought to show it. And your attitude ought to show it. I'm going to tell you something. I have more fun on my worst day than a sinner has on his best day. Amen. All you sinners out there that think you're having a good time out of the will of God, you've got another thought coming. You get saved, you really have a good time. I often go, in, uh, not often, but I go in the jail a lot with Brother Larry, and those guys are in there just so sad and so blue, and, and now they realize what's happening in their life, and, and some of them are touchable, and some of them are reaching out by faith, some listen to Brother Larry and other preachers, but I want to tell you something, folks. When they were out in this world, they could care less about God. When they were out in this world partying all the time, having a good time, eat, drink, and be merry, as in the days of Noah, uh, they didn't have time for God. They didn't have time to come to an old-fashioned church. I'm glad when these uh, jailbirds get out of church, get right with God, get saved, and show up at Whitfield Baptist Church. Amen? Because you're no longer a jailbird. You're set free by the grace of God. And I want to tell you something, you've got equal standing with anybody in this church. You're just as important as anybody in this church. And folks, it don't matter what you've done, where you've been, if you're saved, you're a child of the king. And this, this, this lady was reaching out because she had spent all that she had and she was tired of being lonely, she was tired of being sick. And folks, she reached out to the right person because she'd heard, she'd heard about Jesus. That's why it's important we tell people about Jesus. Amen. We're not secret agents. We're public witnesses. Then I see not only her reasons, but I see her resolve. Look at verse 28. Where she said, I have touched, and she said, where she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She heard that Jesus was available. She, he was touchable. Um, she, she believed with all her heart that if she could just get to him, everything would be fine. She had a determination. She had to go through that crowd of people, and none of them wanted to touch her. She didn't want to touch them because they'd get defiled. She was desperate. 
Let me ask you a question as I wrap up this message pretty quick this morning. Are you desperate for Jesus? I'm going to tell you something, friend. A little dab of do your Christianity is going to do you a bit of good. Religion's just going to make you miserable. But I want to tell you something. You get desperate for Jesus Christ, you show up to touch him. You show up to worship him. You show up to get to know him. Folks, you show up to hear him. I mean, you lean forward and listen, praise God. You take notes, praise God. You stay awake. You say amen once in a while because the old boy next to you is looking so drab and so un uh, uh, uninterested that maybe if you said amen, it might get his attention that you're interested in something's being said. Got two ladies to say amen anyway, praise God. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the motive of that point, by the way. But I want to say this, friend. It's all right to be interested in Jesus. It's all right to be enthusiastic in theos about God. Amen. We do about our favorite teams. Amen. I mean, all of us disown the Georgia Bulldogs after one, after one game, you fair-weather fans. But anyway, I must just say this. Brother Travis rooted for Texas. I still love him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, friend, we get enthusiastic about a blooming ball game. Say amen. We get enthusiastic about a raise on the job. We get enthusiastic about prestige and power and uh, things of the world. Why can't we get enthusiastic about being close to God? I know we show it different, amen. Some people are raising their little finger instead of their hand right now. That's fine, I don't care. You can't tell how much gas is in the tank by the toot of the horn. It's how you walk when you hit the ground, say amen. It's how you walk when you leave this place. It's how you live when you... Uh, live and nobody else is around except God. That's the fear of God, not the fear of man. Have you ever come to this understanding? Jesus, your only hope. You think you can build a marriage without the author of marriage? You got another thought coming. You think you can raise a child without uh, God helping you? You got another thought coming. He made that child and he made you want to get married. Matter of fact, he gave you a desire for the opposite sex. That's a gift from God, say amen. If you desire the same sex, meet me in the office after church. We're going to talk a little while, amen, because you have been perverted. Oh, that'll, that'll go good on our tax-exempt status, hallelujah. I don't really care. I'm just saying, friend, how dare we pervert God's plan, one woman, one wife for a lifetime, praise God, and we are attracted to her. Attracted. I have never. Wanted to kiss any man like I want to kiss my wife. Especially you that's got those long beards, praise God. I wouldn't know, what, I wouldn't know how, to, how to get through it. Come on, laugh, brother. Come on, amen. But folks, listen, God has given us a blessing of marriage. God's given us a blessing of children. God's given us a blessing of health and strength. And what do we do? We just go skirting around on the, out, the fringes of religion or whatever. Come to church when we feel like it. Come to church when everything falls apart. Folks, we ought to long and lean towards Jesus every day of our life. Because he's all we need. He's the Alpha the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the lily of our valley. And folks, sometimes he'll cause you to get in a deep valley for you to realize it. So I want to tell you something, if the goodness God doesn't draw you to repentance, I'm going to tell you what else will. He'll break you. He'll break. Have you, anybody ever been broken in this place? I didn't walk for 11 months of my life because I put soccer before God. 
and myself and the fans before God and my scholarship at Georgia State University before God. I didn't walk for 11 months right. I had to re-break my leg and take bone off my hip. That's why I can't keep my pants up. I'm not getting those suspenders either, brother. You just go ahead and buy me some. I won't get them. I'm not going to admit yet I need them, but I do. Acts 4.12 says, No other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. She came to the right person. Amen. I mean, she went through the crowd, all the religious people. She didn't go touch a disciple. She touched Jesus. Then third of all, <clears throat> I see her salvation. Number one, it was powerful. Look at verse 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She was hemorrhaging, folks. She was dying. She couldn't stop bleeding. And it was dried up. She fell in her body, and she's healed of that plague. Folks, that's powerful. It's powerful. When she was near enough to him, she reached out with trembling hands and touched the shawl of his prayer garment. Little tassels around each, uh, uh, around the thing. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, please. Matthew 9, 20. The Bible says this. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. Now the hem of his garment was his prayer garment. The tassels that he probably wore, a prayer shawl. And folks, the very instant he, she received that miracle that none of these crazy doctors, can I say crazy? I've never heard such remedies in all my life in the Jewish Talmud. She was healed instantly, not later on, as Ernest Ainsley on the TV says, you'll get better after a while. Instantly, she was changed. It was powerful. And then it was personal. I want you to look at verse 30. It says, back in our text, Mark chapter 5, and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Many people touched him. And the disciples said to him, thou seest the multitude thronging thee and sayest, who touched me? The disciples says, hey, look, look at this crowd. We don't know who touched you, God. I am surprised sometimes of the ignorant thing the disciples said around Jesus. Look at this. And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. Well, she never you're never near enough to God. But with trembling hands, she made her way to God, to Jesus, and touched his garment. And probably touched one of the tassels in the corner of his prayer shawl. I don't know. But she was healed instantly. Now let me just get this picture. There's dozens, maybe hundreds of people following Jesus to Jairus' house. Jairus is saying, my daughter is dying. You'll find out in the next verses, and tonight she did die before he got there but that wasn't the end of the story say amen thank God for the resurrection but folks listen I'm going to tell you this he knew this was going to happen he willed it and he knew that this was here for his glory and dozens of people probably touched him but only one touched him by faith oh the power of faith folks listen there can be dozens of people in this church and dozens of people listen to this message but if you don't receive it by faith you ain't touched it you ain't touched the hem of his garment. You hadn't got anything out of this service. You still meditating on yesterday 
or worried about tomorrow and you're not here. But I'll tell you, so if you enter here by faith, say, God's word is for me. This is a miracle for me. This is a life-changing message for me. Folks, God will miraculously touch your life. The change of real worship. Moses was never the same. Joshua was never the same. And we enter into the church sometimes, and I probably even preach in the flesh sometimes, and we don't worship God. We have not touched the hem of his garment. We went through the motion. And folks, we're not healed. And notice this. She spoke, he spoke of this woman. He knew the virtue had come out of his, his, his life. And she was afraid because she'd been rejected all her life. And she ran around to the front of him, and she fell down in fear. The fear of God. Folks, Jesus was interested in this one lady. He was going to help another little girl that had now, just now just died. But with all that he was doing, Jesus was touched by this lady's humility and faith. You know, it takes humility to come to an altar. It takes humility to pray. It takes humility to truly worship God and listen and say, I needed that message. I mean, any prideful soul can leave here and analyze this message, and you'll probably think it's not much, and that's fine. Any prideful soul can come in here and come out and say, man, I wish you hadn't preached past 12. I'd rather be at the football game or the restaurant. But folks, I want to tell you something. Jesus took the time to stop for this one woman. And I believe that's the whole crux of the whole matter, and that's the whole picture of the whole matter, is Jesus was trying to proclaim himself so Mark could record it, the first gospel recorded chronologically, that he's a compassionate Lord. Not only is he a powerful God, not only is he a healer of man's sin and, and sickness and sorrow, but he cares. The compassion of Jesus. After all, he came to this earth and left the splendor and glory of heaven. So he could be touched by your affirmities. And so you could touch him. In other words, he came and became a man so he could be touched. So we could have a relationship with God because when we see Jesus, we see God. Jesus became a man. And then I see not only was it a, um, personal, but it was profound. Look at verse 34 and I'll close. He said to her daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. The word whole is the same word translated saved or delivered, to be rescued from harm and danger. And folks, I want you to know in closing that when you're saved, I mean truly saved, not just a member of the Baptist church. We had three people walk out of Brother Pete's class last week. They didn't think it was Baptist distinctives, and they ain't. But I want to tell you something, friends. You find anything closer to the Bible uh, than Baptist, I'll be it. Hey, Nazarene, Episcopalian, as Brother Randy says, Whiskopalians. I mean, I don't care. If it's closer to the Bible, I'll be it. I'm not looking for no title, but I ain't found nothing closer to the Bible. You say, you're narrow-minded. Yes, I'm so narrow-minded, a mosquito could land on my nose and kick both eyeballs out at the same time. I'm narrow-minded when it comes to the Word of God. I believe the book. 
But I want to tell you something, friend. You can have all the religion you want, all the denominations you want, and you don't touch Jesus unless you reach out by faith and desperation. See, we live in a day and age where nobody's desperate. Nobody's dependent on God. Nobody cares about humbling themselves. They just want to be self-sufficient. That's what's preached today. But that's egotistic humanism. Folks, we're not good enough to go to heaven. We're not able to heal our own infirmities. And we cannot cleanse our own sin. We need the Savior. But I want to tell you something. All that power and all that majesty, He's a Savior that cares. That touches my heart this morning. And He saved me as a son of a drunk that had nothing to offer anyone at 11 and a half years of age, or I don't know where I'd be. I'd probably be visited by Brother Larry down there at the jail. I mean, in jail. I mean, a resident of jail. If it hadn't been for Jesus, saved me at an early age. Folks, salvation's so wonderful. I mean, to be reaching out to Jesus in faith. God will make you a child of God, 1 John 3, 1 through 2. He'll give you a home in heaven, John 14, 1 through 3. He'll make you heir of God, join heirs with Jesus, Romans chapter 8, verse 17. You'll have a new life, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature, old things pass away. All things have become new. Folks, we'll be free from the power of sin to control us, Romans chapter 6, verse 14. We'll no longer be God's enemy, Romans 8, 7. And folks, we'll be reconciled to him, Ephesians chapter 2. 12 through 17. And folks, most wonderful of all, we'll be fully and forever forgiven if we'll only reach out by faith. Not only was it profound, not only was it personal, not only was it powerful, but folks, it was permanent. The Bible says in verse 34, and he said to his daughter, thy faith has made thee whole, go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, folks, I don't believe it came back in two weeks. Sometimes I've been to the doctor, get all those shots. I used to go to two-shot Thomas. Praise God. I mean, when I walked in the office, he said, give him two shots. And I usually had laryngitis, so I was ready to because I can't stand not to talk. My wife might get bored if I don't talk all the time. I wake up talking. I go to bed talking. I talk in my sleep. I preach in my sleep. I elbowed her one time. Whop! Right at... You know, and it was in the sleep. Don't laugh, Eddie. It was in the sleep. I was preaching. But folks, I want to tell you something. I have had relapses. And in two weeks, I'm back there saying, Doc, it didn't take. Nurse, two more. <laughs> my hips hurt so bad, my throat stopped hurting. Amen. But I'll tell you, folks, listen, doctors can do so much. Religion can do little, a little but folks, faith makes you whole. And folks, I believe it's permanent. I believe her life would never be the same. I believe her battle with that dreaded disease was forever final. And thank God she received a brand new life. This woman experienced healing because not of the touch of the garment, but because she exercised faith in the one that was wearing the garment. And thank God she reached out and touched him and the virtue, the power of God came to her life. And she found out that Jesus is the answer. 
dozens of people touched him. Probably rubbed up against him. They said he was, he was, there was a crowd going to Jairus' house to see another miracle. That's just like a crowd. But only one touched him by faith. So don't brush up against Jesus by just being here this morning. Reach out by faith and be whole. Father, thank you for the message. Use it for your glory. Thank you, dear God, for the strength to preach it. Sometimes I don't feel that good. But God, your word's always good. Sometimes my voice is not as clear as it ought to be. But God, your word is clear and plain. God, thank you for this true story. Not some parable, but a true story of a lady that made her way through the crowd after 12 years of anguish, agony, pain, and ridicule and rejection and touched Jesus. God, give us faith to be faithful. God, give us faith to be desperate. But we need you. We need thee every hour. Oh, God. I'll tell tonight two illustrations of two great hymn writers that lost seven children. One lost four little girls. One lost three little boys. And the songs inspired by those, those tragedies have comforted our hearts weekly. God help us not to have to have tragedy to bring us to our knees. God, may we see through your scriptures that you're the only hope. You're the only Savior. You're the only Lord worth bowing to. And you're the only life. You're the only truth. 